This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. These opportunities to get together and engage are so important because we can bring the best thinking that would come from manufacturers, from dealers, from um, you know third parties and, and folks that might be in the retail channel to talk about how do we improve the presence of the water treatment industry in the consumer's mind. That's Judd Larned, the WQA Vice President, talking about the value of the upcoming WQA Mid-Year Leadership Conference coming up in Lake Tahoe, California in September. And welcome to WQA Radio, the weekly podcast of the Water Quality Association, promoting better water quality around the world. This is episode number 333. If you're a first-time listener or new to the industry, welcome. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to share the podcast with someone on your team. We're publishing this August 23rd of 2023. You can find us at wqa.org and on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and X. And in this episode, we're going to talk with Judd Larned, president of Culligan North America and the vice president of WQA. We'll talk about his perspective on the industry, the economy, consumer demand, and the value of working together as an industry at the Mid-Year Leadership Conference. Learn more at wqa.org mylc. Later, we'll have our motivational minute and WQA tip. And now on to... Judd Larned on WQA Radio. And we're talking with Judd Larned in this WQA Radio podcast. Judd is president of Culligan Water North America. And as you probably know, Culligan is a global leader in consumer water services and solutions. So, Judd, welcome to the program. Thanks, Wes. Thanks for having me. Should also point out, you are vice president of WQA, and so we thank you for your service. Appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yep. Uh, well, let's start off, Judd, a little bit about how things are going at Culligan these days. Things are going well. Um, you know, re- really excited about everything that we've got going on at Culligan. Um, you know, Culligan's been around for 87 years. Um, we've we've built out a global footprint where you know we we are the global leader in um, transforming water for households and and offices and commercial spaces around the world. Um, and it's exciting times. Um, you know, currently today we are have about 13 million um, units installed around the world. We're servicing 140 million consumers or more. Um, We've got 900, more than 900 dealers and partners that we work with to to service the consumer and and help transform water and really improve the consumer experience and their access to the water that they're looking for every day, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, That sounds great. And uh, I like transform. I like the use of that word because, uh, it's just not making it taste better or, you know, it's, it's transforming. The year has been going so far, 2023. How will you mark that as you look? 2023. Um, you know, the last few years have been a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. 
Um, obviously, COVID has impacted us, um, in, in all of us, in a, in a lot of ways, but it in, impacted our industry. Um, I think for the better, in, in a lot of ways, over the course of, of 21 and 22. And um, as an industry, we saw a, a significant increase in demand for our systems. And, you know, you can say some of that is due to folks being in their home more and, and having the ability to, to spend and invest against home and improvement. Um, but in addition, I think we've continued to improve the education of the consumer. Uh, and there happens to be more news, unfortunately, around things and contaminants in the water and, and opportunities for, you know, our industry to play a role in improving the, the consumer's water. Um, so what is the impact of that on 23? Well, 23, it, it feels a little soft because you're not having the same type of growth that maybe we did in 21 and 22. Um, but the business is still really strong and the consumer demand is strong. It's there. People are active. They're talking about the water. They're talking about how to improve their water, which gives us a really interesting you know, opportunity to, to help meet the consumer demands. Um, you know, PFAS has been a topic of conversation. It's an increasing topic of conversation. And I think that's something that we all need to be aware of and we need to be thoughtful about how we engage in those conversations. But there's, there is truly an opportunity for us to, you know, improve uh, the end consumer experience as it relates to their water. Um, supply chain issues have predominantly cleared up. And that in 2021 and 2022 is a headache for a lot of us as we we're trying to figure out how do we get products to consumers when they need them. Um, but I think we're in a situation now where that's almost business as normal, which is fantastic. And now we can focus on more of the growth opportunities, more of what we can be doing differently and better for the end consumer rather than just trying to keep the train on the track, um, which, which is good. You know, another interesting trend that we've seen a bit of is, is conversation with consumers around connected products. And in the home, you're seeing a lot more connected products and uh, appliances. And, you know, I think there's an opportunity for us as an industry to continue to figure out where and how should we play? How, how does water play in a connected world where folks are more conscious of their home and everyday interactions, um, you know, with, with the... Uh, with their, their home and appliances. So that's just another interesting trend that we've seen continue to increase. It, it hasn't been um, the, the same level maybe as what you would see in PFAS, um, but it's, it's an interesting dynamic and just an opportunity to bring consumers closer to what we do and what we offer. Anything surprised you so far, or is it pretty much kind of as expected? You know, it, it's a bit as expected. Um, I, I think the consumer demand being as tepid as it is maybe is a little bit surprising to me. I, I thought that we would have seen the COVID bump and then maybe stabilize and, and move from there. Um, but obviously, with the economic headwinds that, that we are facing and, and folks are facing around the world right now, um, it does create a little bit of a multiplying effect um, because you've got inflation causing compression on uh, consumers' disposable income. You've got higher interest rates. So when you get into things like financing, things are a little bit more expensive than maybe they were. And so consumers are making are having to make more difficult decisions, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm again, I still think the long-term trends are really exciting and consumers have the right level of want here. Um, for engagement in the water treatment category, we just need to have the patience for them to, to be able to, uh, to afford it as well. But asking people the last few months about recession, mm -hmm. and you know, we've been talking about this, it seems like for a long time, this yeah. might be the most anticipated recession if we get one. Yeah. 
you know, hard landing, soft landing, whatever. Uh, what's your take on the, uh, where we are with the, uh, the economy? Well, if, if you know the answer, Wes, let me know where to invest my money. Um, no, I, Ray, I think Europe has, in, in certain places, has actually hit a true recession at this point. I think the U.S. has saved it, and, and um, who knows what's going to happen. I, I think regardless of whether there's an official recession or not, um, the consumer dynamics don't change, right? And, and consumers are facing that, that inflation compression, um, and, and it, it is creating an impact on how they think about spending. Um, I, I don't think we're in a position where the world's going to go into a deep recession or, or have, um, you know, a, a significant downturn. And we all hope that's the case for, for everybody. Um, but we'll, we'll weather the storm. And the nice thing about our industry, the nice thing about water treatment as a whole is it's a necessity. And so, you know, even in light of a recession, I think there's still opportunity for us to meet the needs of the consumers where, where they need it um, and be prepared for when the economy comes back so that we can take advantage of, of the growth that will come with that. And there is an, there is an element of um, savings and economy within the water treatment discussion, right? Because if you are softening your water and seeing economies of, uh, you know, smaller amounts of uh, detergent being used and uh, things like that. That's, that's, you know, that's something that the consumer can, can really save on and, and benefit. No, that's absolutely right. And, and I guess I'd, I'd retract my comment of whether they can afford it because we'd all say that there's a great return on investment in the water treatment category. Um, but I, I think what's interesting is when you, when you have folks that have experienced what we have to offer, um, they understand that. I think where it gets a little bit more complex is when we're bringing people into our industry, um, when they're struggling with meeting the monthly paycheck or meeting their monthly expenses, um, it might be harder for them to get their heads around that initial investment engagement in the category. And that's the place where, you know, I think there's going to continue to be opportunity as the economy comes back and, and we see, see the strength behind, behind earnings. Yeah, messaging is so important. Uh, communicating the benefits of uh, of uh, water treatment. So let's talk about uh, things from the WQA perspective for a little bit, if we could. And again, as I mentioned earlier, we thank you for your service on the board, and uh, you're in the VP role now, and that means you take the gavel in a few months for the, the as the next president. But um, uh, we're gearing up for the mid-year leadership conference, and I know that's a an important date on your calendar. Tell me a little bit about your impressions of mid-year, the, the way you value the mid-year leadership conference coming up in September in Lake Tahoe. I look forward to it every year. And um, I, I've actually been pretty disappointed the last couple of years because we've had some snafus and trying to, uh, to get things kicked off. Um, but I think it's, it's a fantastic event. And, and there are a number of reasons behind it. One, you know, we're in a unique industry and I, I've had the experience of, of exposure to a number of industries around North America and the world over the course of the last couple of decades. There's no industry like the water treatment industry where we work collaboratively together. And, you know, while we compete, of course, we're out there trying to figure out, you know, how do we take market share? How do we think about being the best that's out there? But as an industry, there's more passion around doing what's right and more passion about making sure that our industry is treated well and that water treatment is at the appropriate place in the consumer's mind and in, a, you know, affiliate government um, minds around the opportunities and what we can offer. 
And because of that, because we work so well together, these opportunities to get together and engage are so important because we can bring the best thinking that would come from manufacturers, from dealers, from um, you know, third parties and, and folks that might be in the retail channel to talk about how do we improve the presence of the water treatment industry in the consumer's mind. Um, and how do we think about engaging in Washington, D.C. so that we're getting the right share of mind, the right um, appreciation from folks that are actually writing the rules? Uh, and that opportunity to work together and, and really mid-year is a lot of where it happens, right? While, while we can have a committee teams meeting or, or we can have a committee phone call, getting in the room with somebody and actually debating, having dialogue, whiteboarding, brainstorming, and coming up with what might be next, where's their opportunity, um, you just can't replicate being in person. And those things I really look forward to. Um, obviously, I look forward to just being around other folks in the industry. This is an industry of passionate people, but also nice people that are fun people and you know the folks that I view as my friends that I look forward to, uh, to getting together with as well. Right. And there's golf and there are outdoor activities and the opportunity to contribute to research. So uh, it's it's a little bit of everything. And so somebody who hasn't been in the past um, has never tried it. Uh, what would you say? What would what would be that sort of compelling argument? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really three things. There's there's a networking aspect of it, but I actually put that as number three. Number three, I think the opportunity to learn. And, and learn what are others experiencing, what, what are other people doing that might be a best practice or something that I could pick from. Every time I go to one of these um, conventions and mid-year being, being the one where you're engaging the most, I come away with something, some idea that I wanna do Monday morning when I get back in the office that I can improve how we're doing things at Culligan. And then the third is the opportunity to contribute. Um, everybody's got good ideas and everybody's got different experiences. And you know, as an industry, we need experiences from you know, folks that are larger, folks that have broader experiences, maybe they've got a footprint that crosses states, but we also need to hear from folks that maybe have a single dealership or a single location because their experience is different and what they need might be different, but also what they have to offer is, is there for, for the group to understand and appreciate. And so I think those are the three things, to learn, to contribute, and then the networking piece that you're gonna get engaging with other folks in the industry. And as you look ahead to 2024, wow, that's it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah. And as you take the gavel in March, um, what are your thoughts there about the year ahead? Well, it's 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 exciting and daunting. Um, in, in the, the the industry is a, at a, an opportunity crossroads, um, and as we think about PFAS, we think about contaminants that keep continue to to emerge. Um, and as we think about the opportunity that our industry has and point of entry, point of use and the solutions that we have are, are actually getting more appreciation over recent times than they, they have in the past. And that opportunity is something that we've got to figure out how do we take advantage of it and, and take advantage in a way of trying to help get to the end consumer and improve the end consumer's experience. Um, we can't solve these problems at the municipality level at, at all times. Um, the, it would be too expensive. It would take too long. And because we've got a unique opportunity to fill the gap in the meantime, I, I think that it's unique for us. 
Um, I think if you put that together with WQA's position right now, which is we're entering and in the third year of a strategic plan. um, And when you're in that third year of a strategic plan, it's a time to start to step back and say what worked, what where maybe was there opportunity left on the table or what didn't work? Because every once in a while you come up with something that you tried and say, hey, that was it was an interesting effort, but we should maybe move in a different direction. And, and start to think about, well, what does the next phase look like? Um, and so, you know, f- for me to have the opportunity to work with Polly, to work with the leadership team, to work with US on, on so where are we and what's next and how do we sort of take advantage and, and be in a position where we can give the men- membership what they need to be successful in this time where the industry has, um, probably more turmoil and opportunity and change than it has in the past is, is an exciting time. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And to you, the listener, if you want to know why I enjoy doing these podcasts, it's talking to people like Judd and getting the, hearing the excitement in his voice. I hope you can, I hope you can detect that and pick up on um, really uh, the, the, the excitement, the interesting aspects of looking ahead to the future of the industry and then, bringing it all together with others who are like-minded and who uh, who all share the same goals. So, Judd, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Wes. I appreciate the time and uh, I'll see you in a few weeks. In our Motivational Minute, so much of our day-to-day experiences are tied up in how we see things, our perspective, I was reminded of this just the other day when I saw a video highlighting the difference between someone seeing a glass half full of water and someone else half empty. There's a whole science behind this, and it boils down to whether you are seeing something in a positive light or a negative light, your perspective. Are you looking for the best in a situation or the worst? It reminds me of the people who are always ready to say, Murphy's Law is at work. If something can go wrong, it will. And for them, it it does, or so they think. You see, how about the times things actually go very, very well? Times when you're pleasantly surprised. We're usually better off when we pause and take a moment to really reflect on the situation at hand. Just what information do you have? What does it mean? And how can you deal with it without jumping to a negative conclusion? It's all in the perspective. And our WQA tip, WQA members can access two new member resources that can address the growing interest in PFAS as well as underscore their commitment to the WQA Code of Ethics. Dealers interested in a leave behind for customers on the topic of PFAS can download a new one-pager, What You Need to Know About PFAS. The brochure answers such questions as, What are PFAS? Does your drinking water contain PFAS? And if PFAS are found in your water, what can you do? In addition, a new poster highlighting a member's commitment to the WQA Code of Ethics is available to download as well. The poster uses the illustration of a compass to depict WQA's commitment to the highest principles of honesty, integrity, and professionalism. Go to wqa.org for both resources.
Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.